Good afternoon, Montreal. You're listening to CKUT 90.3 FM. It's uh, 2.04 in the afternoon, and it's time for Movement Museum. I'm Alison Burns, here with Jen Doan and J.D. Papillon, my co-hosts. You can download our podcast off iTunes. You can go to movementmuseum.com to listen to old episodes and read our blog. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook. And you can talk to us at movement at cku.ca. If you can send us a, you can send us an email. You can let us know what you think of the show, what you'd like to hear about. Maybe if you wanted to come on the show or if you disagree with a review we've done or anything like that, just let us know. So we're going to get to the show today. We've got a pretty full show today. In the first half hour, we're doing an interview. In the second half hour, we've got some reviews to cover. So, J.D., what, uh, who are we starting with? Well, for this, uh, this special edition of the uh, Movement Museum, I'll be interviewing our guest in French, uh, mostly. And uh, this is going to be actually an adaptation for me, so I'm excited to, uh, to interview someone in French. Our guest uh, comes from us to, from France, but he's been established in Montreal for 13 years now. He studied at the École Nationale de Cirque and has moved on to dance for, the, for quite a few years now. Um, he has danced for uh, choreographers such as Dominique Porte, Hélène Langevin, Peter James, Paul-André Fortier and Sylvain Amard. And he has also danced for the Compagnie Marie Chouinard. He has been presenting some of his creations. Uh, most recently, he presented the solo Raw Me uh, as part of the Vue sur la Relais Festival and then of TA. And he is presenting at Tangente this week uh, his new creation, Ne meurs pas tout de suite, on nous regarde. Uh, alors, Manuel, bonjour, ça va bien? Bonjour, oui, ça va très bien. Um, donc, c'est une uh, nouvelle création um, qui va être présentée à Tangente. Qu'est-ce que tu aurais à nous dire sur, sur cette pièce d'abord? Qu'est-ce qui est le plus important pour uh, notre public de connaître? <rire> euh, là, 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 ben, je peux expliquer le, le processus en fait on a, ça a été un long processus on est parti sur pas mal deux ans de, de travail on est parti sur les thématiques de chaos et de néant c'était des affaires que je trouvais qui étaient vraiment dans l'actualité et qui, qui résonnaient fort en ce moment et assez vite on est arrivé sur les thématiques de la condition humaine c'est un duo on, travaille beaucoup dans le, on a travaillé beaucoup dans le vide et quand la création s'est mise en place, on a vraiment pris un système qu'on a développé sur une heure de show. Donc la proposition est assez radicale, mais en même temps vraiment pas hermétique. On a vraiment essayé de rendre ça le plus universel possible pour que chaque personne s'y retrouve dans le, dans le public. Euh, surtout à travers l'humanité, surtout à travers l'humain, les impulsions, les pulsions, les sentiments. Les... On a travaillé beaucoup à partir de ça. Dans, le, dans le, le programme, en fait, une des descriptions qui est donnée, euh, c'est euh, l'idée qu'on a des personnages représentant un peu Adam et Ève, euh, ce, qui, ce qui est très chargé, en fait, comme idée, justement, d'aller chercher les, les premiers humains, euh, entre parenthèses, disons. Ouais. Comment est-ce que tu est as approché ça, en fait, l'idée, justement, d'avoir un homme, une femme, un espace vide et tout ce que ça peut, euh, ce que ça peut vouloir dire à la base ouais. Ben, Adam et Ève, les deux premiers, je me suis dit, bon, les deux derniers, ils font quoi? Mettons qu'il n'en reste plus que deux, puis qu'est-ce qu'ils font? Euh, on a approché ça, en fait, le plus... Finalement, la proposition est devenue très dramatique, dans le sens théâtral, mais pas abordée comme des comédiens, quand même abordée comme des danseurs. Mais dès qu'on s'est mis à danser, chorégraphier du 5, 6, 7, 8, ça, c'était de moins en moins intéressant, c'était beaucoup trop propre, poli, puis je trouvais que des thématiques fortes comme ça sur le chaos, le néant, le, le, la condition humaine, 
ça nécessitait quelque chose de pulsionnel, ça nécessitait un, un, un corps complètement investi, un esprit aussi complètement investi. Donc j'ai gommé tout ce qui était propre, tout ce qui était clean, et on est vraiment parti sur des états de corps très forts. Et à partir de là, on a improvisé, puis à partir de là, il y a des situations qui sont mises en place. Puis à partir de là, ben, j'ai commencé l'écriture du spectacle avec toute une ligne dramatique, puis etc. Et euh, dans le 21e siècle, pour toi, ce serait quoi la, la condition humaine exactement À partir de où <rire> Euh, dans ton esprit, est-ce que c'est parti cette idée-là de... Ce que je trouve magnifique, moi, c'est que ça change de jour en jour. Et un jour, tu te lèves, tu trouves ça magnifique, la vie, puis tu trouves que c'est une chance extraordinaire, tu trouves qu'il y a tellement de possibilités. Et puis le lendemain, tu vois les choses un peu plus noires et, et tout est là pour le démontrer aussi. Euh, fondamentalement, je pense qu'on est à une époque où, où ça va pas très bien, où l'espèce humaine est en danger, où on parle de plus en plus de sa potentielle disparition. Je pense qu'on a toutes les cartes en main pour s'autodétruire. Fait que qu'est-ce qui fait aujourd'hui, maintenant, qu'on reste en vie, qu'on veut continuer à, à, à vivre, à procréer, à s'établir comme humain? Où est-ce qu'on va? Je trouve que c'est des questions intéressantes à poser et à, à, à juste rebrasser tout ça. Ce qui fait que, comme humain, on a envie de, de continuer tout ça. Et pour toi, Emmanuel Rock, soir de première, comment tu te sens? Oh, c'est tellement... Où est-ce que tu en es dans ta condition humaine? Oh là, la condition humaine, écoute, euh, c'est des émotions très euh, mélangées. Je suis super excité parce que, comme je te disais, ça fait deux ans qu'on travaille dessus. Fait que, euh, ça fait un mois qu'on run la pièce, qu'on la fignole, qu'on travaille euh, beaucoup sur les détails. Là, c'est rare qu'on arrive à ça, mais j'ai le goût de dire on est prêt, on a envie, on, on veut le public, puis on est vraiment prêt à la partager. Puis en même temps, c'est un show tellement fragile, puis tellement euh, fragile au niveau des interprètes, parce qu'on est tout le temps en train de, de créer, tout le temps en état d'écoute, tout le temps en état d'urgence. Euh, Donc ça peut basculer très vite vers... Euh, puis ça fait partie du risque du show. Donc en même temps, je suis terrifié d'aller porter ça sur scène, mais euh, c'est ça qui fait qu'on qu aime notre métier. <rire> Uh, I had the opportunity to see the opening night of the Quartier Dance Festival and to see your excerpt of the work. Oh, yeah, okay. And uh, I found it very, very playful and almost uh, childish in, in, in nature. Yeah. And I, I couldn't find the right words to describe it, but it's almost like um, pointless but heartfelt. Do you, uh -huh. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that something that, that you would yeah. agree with that point? Or? Totally. Um, I think everything is pointless anyway. Every, every move we do can be at the same time pointless and really... Um, meaningful. It's it's a, an opposite direction that I like and that I mm -hmm. yeah. I and think what yeah what I'm trying to say is that it, it's more emotional than than um, cerebral uh -huh. almost. E great. I'm good that you felt that because <laughs> <laughs> um, the difference between uh, maybe it's a lot about is it dance is it theater is it and I'm I don't really care so much about that but I, I can explain the difference between choreography and theater maybe it's not so much about psychological um, construction as a character and everything as you do in theater for us it was a lot about impulsive in the body where it starts and impulsion kinetic impulsion and where it goes from the body so it's good that you received the show also here in the body and not so much in the brain um, we play a lot with um, comic and dramatic opposition also, tragic comic stuff, because 
it's also part of life. It's like um, stuff that you can find so funny, and the people on, your, on the other side is like crying about it. <laughs> and it's exactly the same thing that is happening in front of his eyes. That's stuff that I, I like to explore. So, and about the kids, yeah, um, I uh, a, a very very good friend of mine just got kids. And when I was searching about humanity and stuff, I think watching two kids playing together, everything is there. It's at mm -hmm. the same time um, innocence, but at the same time they're like fighting for real, and it's super violent. And <laughs> the next next thing they do, they're just like uh, laughing their head off. And and I don't know for me, just watching them was like there was something about it that um, I wanted to bring into the studio also, and in us. It's some sort of innocence, but some sort of also um, no barrier, no uh, no boundaries about what could be explored. Because they don't judge themselves; they just like go for the for the potion for what's there. Mm -hmm. I've I've spoken to uh, to um, uh, a fellow artist who's who studies circus, uh -huh. and he speaks often about uh, taking inspiration from children and kind of that uh -huh. freedom of no judgment, just uh -huh. just play. Uh -huh. Is that something that? Uh, relates to to your circus background that inspiration um, source or is that specific to this project or it's quite specific to this project yeah because it goes with it and uh it's also something very difficult to do because you are in representation anyway and when there's going to be an audience tonight we are showing something but we try to forget about it and just like go and not think too much and not be too much in state of representation but um no yeah it's quite yeah it's quite about this project the the kids things yeah <laughs> um pendant en fait avant l'émission tu tu m'as mentionné que le l'idée l'approche la, la, chorégraphique de du mouvement authentique uh -huh. avait, play, avait joué une grande part dans la création ouais. qui, qui qui revient un petit peu aux, aux enfants justement la façon de mm -hmm. trouver quelque chose qui est enfantin qui est pas trop pensé mm -hmm. dans le mouvement comment est-ce que tu trouves que ça ça t'a amené dans la création d'utiliser le mouvement authentique en, en fait en, en, au début du processus on avait un beau décor des beaux costumes plein d'accessoires des chorégraphies puis quand on est arrivé là j'ai eu envie d'essayer ok on enlève tout ça il n'y a plus rien qu'est-ce qu'on fait fait que tranquillement le premier réflexe c'est paniquant d'être de, de, dans le vide d'être dans le rien fait que on, on génère de quoi on a panique mais si on prend vraiment le temps d'attendre qu'il y ait une impulsion des fois ça prend 30 minutes avant qu'il se passe quelque chose puis c'était le, le, le but des improvisations mais il y a quelque chose tout de suite qui se place beaucoup plus en profondeur et qui résonne beaucoup plus on dirait avec plein de thématiques qui sont dans l'air aussi parce que parce que veut pas on les reçoit. Donc ça a été un moyen d'aller chercher du matériel. Après ça, la façon de le faire sur scène, euh, tranquillement, on a travaillé à travers le matériel qui était né de tout ça. Puis on, on reproduit pas exactement le même processus, c'est-à-dire que ça prend pas 30 minutes pour arriver à une affaire. Sinon, mon dieu, le show durerait 4 heures. Mais euh, mais euh, on essaie de garder la même intégrité, la même euh, la même façon de rentrer dans les choses. Donc c'est sûr que d'un soir à l'autre, il y a des petites variations, puis puis c'est ça qui fait le, le le côté pétillant aussi crunchy du show. Là. 
Et est-ce que tu devais représenter cette pièce euh, ailleurs qu'à Tangente? Est-ce que tu, tu, tu ressens que Tangente est un, un bon lieu pour, pour euh, représenter une pièce avec ce type de création-là? Oh, complètement. Écoute, euh, j'ai Tangente, je n'ai que des bons mots pour cette gagne-là. Euh, au niveau du soutien, puis surtout au niveau de, de la liberté d'expression. j'ai jamais senti aucun moment qui questionnait, qui mettait de la pression ou quoi. Et pff, carte blanche totale, puis dès que tu as besoin de nous, appelle-nous, puis on vient voir qu'est-ce qu'on peut faire. Puis euh, fait que, pff, avec Tangente, c'est une belle histoire d'amour. <rire> I just wanted to back up for a second on the note of kind of... Um... Yeah of timing because there were these elongated moments and I'm, I again uh -huh. I'm just talking about the excerpt of the work I haven't seen the entire piece uh -huh. but these these really sustained kind of tasks uh -huh. that you go through uh -huh. and there's a delicate balance between losing the audience in that and, and totally. requiring that time to, yeah. to get them invested in the idea uh, do you do you work with people uh, you know giving you feedback how do you yes. find that yeah yeah because as I said it's uh, something uh, at the same time it's exciting but it's terrifying to, to go in there because yeah you can go to great impact to uh, totally lose the audience for sure uh, i have two two person that i worked for a long time with they're indiana s cash uh, she's the mistress rehearsal of the show and peter james who's uh, a bit older more experienced and is a dramaturge i don't mm -hmm. know yeah in english it's And so they were watching all runs and giving feedbacks, and it's not. It wasn't so much about this is right, this is wrong, but um, you lost me here. You exactly, yeah. and oh, did you think about maybe going this way also in this kind of physical states, or that could mean also that when you do something like that, the, all the they build the all imagery also around the show and. And at one point it was very important because I was watching the, the video of the run, but at one point I had to dive also, and and so I'm I'm letting them the whole of course the show. And When do you stop being the choreographer and totally. start being the performer? Totally, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a weird step, but it's fun. <laughs> Est-ce que est-ce qu'une certaine partie en fait de, de ton euh, en fait dans ton procédé je parle pas seulement de cette pièce-ci mais mm -hmm. est-ce que en tant qu'expatrié des fois tu, tu ressens que ça, ça, ça soit que ça te donne une autre perspective ou est-ce que ça donne un avantage ou un inconvénient en fait sur euh, la façon d'aller euh, chercher le public québécois c'est drôle on en parlait euh, on en parlait avec Peter justement de tout ça um, Lucie est québécoise, Lucie Vigneault, la, la danseuse avec qui je, je fais le spectacle. Moi, c'est sûr que j'ai un background français, donc c'est surtout au niveau culturel, on se rend compte qu'il y a comme des réflexes d'approcher des fois des, des choses qui peuvent être ouvertes. Et euh, peut-être qu'au niveau nord-américain, il y a quelque chose d'un peu plus naïf, et au niveau européen, il y a quelque chose de beaucoup plus cynique, beaucoup plus froid, beaucoup plus analytique. Donc la rencontre de ces deux affaires-là aussi donnait des angles de vue assez intéressants sur certaines propositions, et ça m'a permis de rendre ça juste un tout petit peu plus dense aussi puis euh, sans porter de jugement parce que moi je plonge avec grand bonheur des fois dans du Walt Disney et en même temps des fois ben écoute je, je regarde des propositions hyper trash underground parce que mon background français je sais pas me donne comme un certain détachement où je fais comme ok oui tu sais mais c'est sûr que les thématiques de ça euh, sont hyper existentialistes au départ et euh, la légèreté avec laquelle aussi on peut l'approcher donne une toute autre épaisseur au, au projet puis aux propositions sur scène, je trouve. Ouais. 
Uh, I have a question about logistics. Your show is playing at uh, 6.30. Yes. It's an awkward time. It's a weird time. Um, it's part of uh, Cartier Dance Festival right. also because they have a lots of shows in the festival, so they didn't want uh, interference and everything. So that started the deal. And watching, there's so many propositions also in Montreal right now. I was like, why not? For sure, let's try it. And I think Tangent is also in a situation where they're trying stuff and to see how they can uh, build a relation with the audience. And so, yeah, it's a weird situation. We'll see if the audience comes. And have you have you been able to see anything else in the in the festival and uh, see the other artists? Sadly, no. Uh, I've been uh, no. I've been performing the, the night you saw, mm-hmm. and uh, no. Sadly, no. Because at the same time, I'm working with Daniel Leveillé for next week uh, at Lagora. Oh my goodness! Yes, so uh, <laughs> you're busy. I'm a busy man right yeah, now. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> How do you uh, compartmentalize that? Working for someone else and working on your own project at the same time. What is your method of, of <laughs> keeping them both energized, let's say? Oh, uh, it's quite different. When you work with someone, you obey. The word is strong, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have no responsibility. I mean, you have a responsibility with the stage, but in the studio, it's like, okay, show me what you want or what do you want, and you go from there. Uh, initiating a work is something different. You have like to get there prepared and 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 nourish people and carry the project and and give them the more material that you can and inspiration and imagery. So it's a uh, it's another responsibility, another um, deal. Also, I like both seriously, and sometimes I get scared about both. Also, so it's it's um, it's an evolving project and it's an evolving situation. Yeah. Est-ce que tu pourrais nous en, nous en dire un peu plus sur ce que vous allez présenter avec Daniel Éveillé? Euh, tu dis que c'est la semaine prochaine à l'Agora déjà? Oui. Oui, ça, ça va être quoi comme projet au juste? C'est, ça s'appelle Solitude Solo. C'est euh, sa dernière création qui était programmée au FTA, qui a été annulée pour cause de blessure. Moi, j'ai embarqué dedans en fait pour remplacer un danseur qui s'est blessé. Euh, c'est des solos. Euh, c'est... Euh, c'est euh, radical comme proposition ce que je vois moi des autres solos c'est très fort c'est très euh, euh, c'est très exigeant pour les danseurs sur un tout autre domaine de ce que je fais avec Lucie euh, euh, ça aussi je suis terrifié mais pour l'instant <rire> j'y pense pas trop parce que c'est complètement une autre, une autre implication du corps et, et euh, ben, de, de, de tout entier oui What turned you into dance, from going from circus into dance? I'm really curious, you know, because um, you really like have dived into dance, but you were studying circus yeah. and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, after the, the school, I, I had the chance to tour with Cirque mm-hmm. And on the show, there was uh, uh, director Alain Francard, choreographer Joanne Mador, and performer Peter James, who's now working with me. Um, And the trio was crazy. They were working everywhere in uh, underground creation, theater, dance. And there was a lot of choreography from Joanne in the show. And in circus, you do your act and my aqual at the end. And I was doing so much dance during the whole show because I loved the choreography. Then when I got to my act at the end, I was like, okay, well, it's starting to be boring. Because my act is like something I did a mm. hundred times. And when you work on eight minutes... Uh, number act you do it again and again and again and again and again and sometimes it changes a little bit but 
uh, and I was seeing that in dance you were always starting from zero and it could go so many different variation direction so that's why I started like just like to okay maybe I'm gonna take dance class mm -hmm. and like see choreographer and and as a guy I could go to the audition and find work right away so I was very lucky also because it's still a reality I think for an audition for one guy and one girl you get two guys in the studio and a hundred girls and, and well so for that I was lucky and, and so I started to work with Hélène Langevin Dominique Porte right away and it was like mm. yeah. I actually I feel the same experience when I watch circus uh -huh. like there's a, I've seen a lot of circus in the festival uh, yeah Montréal Complètement, Complètement. Yeah. and um, some of it is really amazing but I find that limitation where I watch it and I feel like it's like mm -hmm. this and this and then this and then ta-da and then this uh -huh. and I, I always had this feeling of like oh I want to uh -huh. go a bit further where I find like contemporary dance or, or with dance there's that yeah. there's that momentum that kind of gets swept up a lot more uh -huh. and it doesn't feel stuck I, I, uh, yeah but the reality is technical also because the, the, the thing are so difficult the things they do physically that they have to work like for three years maybe four years to, to really um, do it right So they are not able to 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 research so much because mm. the technical demand is is really amazing. It's really strong, but it's going better and better. I find, and I've worked with Ecole Nationale de Cirque, and I work also with the festival, and and the minds of the acrobats and and the people working in the circus is growing more and more mm. like open, large, and they want to explore, and they're very curious, and they're very. Uh, open to new stuff mm. yeah cool yeah T'as encore euh, un pied dans le, dans le monde du cirque, non? Ça, tu mentionnes que t'as travaillé oui, pour Montréal ça. Complètement Cirque cet été. Ouais. T'as participé aux Minutes Complètement Cirque, ouais, c'est ça? Oui, je l'ai fait comme chorégraphe, en fait. J'ai été invité comme chorégraphe à un des shows de, de l'école euh, de fin d'année avec le metteur en scène Anthony Venice. Et euh, les Minutes Complètement Cirque, ça, écoute, c'est tellement notre bateau. On a 50 personnes, 50 acrobates, danseurs. Il y avait aussi des danseurs cette année dans la gagne, puis il y en a trois semaines pour monter un show de 30-40 minutes, plus des petites pastilles qui se, qui se promènent un petit peu dans la ville. Euh, c'est un énorme bateau, mais en même temps, pour moi, comme chorégraphe, c'était complètement une, une autre expérience que de créer, mettons, un duo pendant deux ans, travailler à fond. C'est générer du matériel, c'est euh, voir comment ça peut être le plus visuel possible, le plus fort, avoir le plus d'impact possible. Puis euh, c'était super, la gagne était vraiment extraordinaire, ouais. Tu avais un peu plus à la, la, la pression de créer un produit, je suppose, que, que dans la pièce que tu as présentée ce soir. Oui, il faut arriver vite et c'est sûr que les enjeux reposent pas sur mes épaules. Il y a une énorme équipe de production au-dessus qui porte le projet. Donc, il y a une commande à livrer, ça c'est clair. Après, euh, n'empêche que euh, ça finit toujours qu'on est des êtres humains, puis qu'il y a un échange artistique, puis que bon, ok, on est tous là ensemble. Qu'est-ce qu'on fait On s'en va où On n'a pas le temps d'explorer autant qu'un projet sur deux ans, c'est évident, mais si les enjeux sont clairs et si la demande est claire, je pense qu'il y a moyen de faire des affaires où tout le monde se sent vraiment euh, à, à sa place. Wonderful. I think we're running out of time for our interview today, but oh, it's wow, been ouais. so <laughs> lovely. Yeah, it goes by quickly once you get started. Um, we, let's go through the, the, the dates and times when we can see your show okay. before we say goodbye. Uh, it's starting tonight at 6.30 at Monument National, and it's tomorrow and Saturday, same time, and Sunday at 4. Wonderful. And 30-second uh, tagline for, for why we should go see the show. Uh, 
Écoute, c'est moi je pense que c'est vraiment un show à la fois radical et à la fois universel. Donc je pense que la proposition est forte et en même temps tout le monde s'y retrouve. Il y a de quoi pour tout le monde à la fois dans le rire que dans quelque chose d'un peu plus touchant. C'est pas mal la façon dont on a abordé ces spectacles-là. Merveilleux. Thank you very much for coming in and joining us on Movement Museum today. Thank you, thank you very Merci. much. Merci. We were just talking to uh, Manuel Rock from his show Ne meurs pas tout de suite, on nous regarde, opening tonight. And uh, now we're going to take a little break and we'll see you on the other side with some reviews. Welcome back to Movement Museum here on CKUT 90.3 FM or maybe you're listening at movementmuseum.com where you can download old episodes and check out our blog and respond to us and anyway we'll get to, to all that list of stuff later we've got lots of stuff to cover before we get there uh, thanks again to Manuel Roque who just uh, came on to do a little franglais interview with us about his uh, show which is being produced uh, a co-production with Tangente and the Quartier Danse Festival And uh, uh, JD and I are both looking forward to seeing the show tonight, now with a little bit more background. Very excited, yeah. yeah. absolutely. So let's move on to stuff that we've already seen, because we've got a, now that, you know, seasons are starting again, we're getting back into the dance universe, we've got some stuff to cover, some shows we've seen. I think we're going to get started with uh, a José Gagnon review by Jen Doan. Uh, we had her on, my goodness, like four weeks ago now? Her show was on the end of August, the very last weekend of August. Um, yes, yeah, so we had her on the week before that to talk about the show. And I went to see the show on a Friday night, I believe. Um, José Gagnon self-produced a show with the help of Yoga de la Veille, which is a yoga studio on Avenue du Parc, just between Saint-Joseph and... Uh, Villeneuve. Anyway, it's kind of an interesting place for a show, but it actually worked out really well. Um, Guilaine, who runs the yoga studio there, it's really beautiful, so it actually worked out well, and I was thinking about approaching her, maybe producing a little informal show there myself. Anyway, so I went to see Jose's just show. On that note, yes. yeah, and yoga studios make great rehearsal spaces, yeah. too, which I just discovered recently, so, it, you know... Give them a call sometime if you need a really nice space to rehearse in. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of yoga studios in the city. And they don't always run classes, you know, all the time. It's usually mornings and after or mornings, maybe lunches and evenings. Um, just a note for those out there who are keen to produce or create some work on their own. So, um, José's show was called Entre Flammes et Fumée, and it was like a solo cabaret performance. Um, all of the music was written by José herself. Um, she collaborated with a musician to create some of the music. Anyway, so, yeah, it was actually a really beautiful show. I was surprised. I didn't know what to expect. Cabaret, uh, I... I see Jose every week for private voice lessons, so I get a little understanding of her approach to music and to voice, so it was great to see the embodiment of that in her show, and I actually left feeling really inspired. Um, the show... Yeah, the show took me through a whole range, you know, it was really great in terms of dynamic and quality, it was different ranges of, of music and, and emotions, you know, it was very humorous at times, absurd, there was like a moment where she came out um, in these 
four or five inch plastic red high heel boots with this strange white sweater and it was just this moment of absurdity that emerged from her um and yeah sad and humorous uh i think there was um, i didn't it was a lot of french lyrics so i didn't understand in terms of the lyrics but in terms of like the the mise-en-scene and like just yeah just the whole the feeling of the show was great you know she had um songs about her her mother and and dealing with her mother's alzheimer alzheimer's um and there were moments just feeling anxious and at the same time you know like laughter and all that so it took it took me through a range of all that and it was really great um other things uh yeah like just all the little sections it was just really surprised me she utilized the yoga studio very well um she had uh, this one really amazing section where she stood behind the change room of the yoga studio where there's like a slide across like you know curtain um and she had these black gloves where she animated her hands with the black gloves and she created this whole dialogue and this whole choreography with the hands behind the the curtains and and yeah it was just hilarious i mean you have to really see this but um it just totally was like oh wow that's hilarious so simple and effective and just so entertaining at the same time um she also utilized you know like the yoga blocks there and she built like walls with it and sang with it and it was just you know it was just hilarious and um so it's very site specific eh? yeah like she really integrated she really wanted to use the space for the show and she did a really good job of doing that and she she like used it in a, in ways that were really surprising there was this moment and it's cool because i i know jose personally so just seeing this show it allowed me to see these parts of jose that i didn't know and it's just like revealed many different yeah just many many aspects of herself that i was like oh wow like there's this very edgy jose that i've never seen you know i always see the voice teacher jose um yeah and there was another part too when she got on and she was playing percussion with her feet and she was banging on the on like the um the it's like on the top where the ceiling is there's like a furnace kind of thing that like attaches to the ceiling but it's painted where you have like open ceiling and there's like a like a big furnace thing anyway she was like percussion with her feet banging on it and she's standing on the on the on the bar and she's like moving and singing and it's just like really edgy and it was just like really surprising um and moments of just like tenderness as well so like just yeah really awesome show super inspired and i think the one thing that was like really impressive is because jose isn't really just like a typical um singer she actually studied at concordia so she came from the background of a dancer she even danced for Jean-Pierre Perrault back in the day and, you know, does Tai Chi and yoga and very physical. She is like an artistic coach for um, Cirque du Soleil, works with like the artists down there. So the way she approaches music and voice is that it's very embodied, like it's very physical. And, and when she works with me, she really like gets me to work on my intention in my voice and, and, you know, integrating characters and thinking about that aspect of using the voice. So in her show, she really did a good job of embodying that. It wasn't just her singing songs and stuff, but she really, you know, um, created like a sense of like a physicality in the music and she used her body and she moved and there was choreography and characterization so not just singing you know jazz songs but really like using characters in her voice and just like different ways of just really making it very um rich 
So yeah, in general, super cool, really excited, very unconventional space, but it works super well, and I was really glad I got to see it because it's you know it's inspiration for myself to to create because um, I really want to be looking into using voice and movement. So I'm glad I saw the show, and uh, yeah, bravo, Jose Gagnon, if you're out there. Did we get to what's next for her? Like, if if that is an inspiring review, can we see her in the near future? Yeah, I think that. Um, I think she is working on taking this show further. I'm not sure what her plans are specifically. I believe we asked her when she was here, but I don't remember the response. But definitely we'll keep a lookout. I see her every week, so I'll let you guys know out there if uh, there are things, you know, coming up. Thank you very much, Jen. I think uh, the next review we're going to hit is uh, is Raoul. Whoa, whoa! We were talking about this uh, a bunch last week as a preview to the review, and uh, Jen and I have both seen it. To uh, to get us started, set the scene okay. on uh, on what the show uh, is. Raoul, oh, James Terrier. You may know this man; like he's pretty well known. He is the grandson also of um, Charlie Chaplin. His mother, Victoria, is also quite famous in the circus world. They're from France. Yeah, amazing. Um, this is his fourth show, I believe, and. <sighs> And it's been touring for, for it's been years. Touring for, for, for a while, yeah. It was shown in Montreal last year too, right, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, I, be- I believe that he had, like, hurt his ankle in the middle of the show, so he had to come back. That's what yeah. I, one of my friends told me. So anyways, so the, the show started off, like, you come in and there's this epic stage set up. And this is the thing with their type of work. They've really created a whole, like, genre for themselves. Um, the stage the, the, the was amazing. You know, there was these drapey things and it looked like it was like a shipwreck in like this cloud of sheets that were like, yeah. And so the show starts and um, you see this man, he's running with this headlight on his forehead and he's like running on stage. And then there's this epic music. And then all of a sudden, like there's this crazy crash. And then what happens is like these folded over sheets, which creates this like layer, which looks like mountainous or something. It all like, it all like, flops up it all just unfolds and it turns into this wall and it reveals this house and it's so epic because it's just this huge stage of like drapey cloths that look like mountains and then it gets pulled up in this instance and it changes the whole the whole like stage in a second and the staging of it was just incredible and so it, it starts um and all these things unfold basically there's this man he looks lost he's very like confused he's he's struggling his his you know costuming is like very rugged and and looks like he's been going through you know his trials and tribulations um yeah but in general uh it's hard to explain like you know get the details but in general i have to say what an incredible performer Mm -hmm. this man's body like his movement his his abilities it just seemed so flawless like even speaking just as as a as a mover it was just incredible well in that initial description you gave uh really uh reinforced something i i was pondering throughout the show is that there was this huge dichotomy mm. perhaps between like these massive set explosions these crazy rigging things like yeah. just really big actions and impressive technical yeah. actions yeah. and and his ability to just as one body on stage very subtly specifically translate something physically to the whole audience yeah there little little moments like when his feet get stuck and he turns into a horse 
And he's just doing that with his body, but yeah. everyone understands what's happening. He's so clear oh, in his physicality. So clear. Yeah. And he, he very infrequently uses voice. Mm-hmm. It's mostly about uh, movement, and there are lots of props in play. He, he interacts with items. It's very silly and funny and dramatic, and yeah. he interacts with the music. And, totally. and just, yeah, it, you're right. It's, a, it's kind of difficult to describe. It's like physical theater at its strongest with elements of, of circus, like clowning, with elements miming, of dance. dance yeah. yeah, And you know that moment where, it's, it's, I'm just going to get lost in this, that moment where he does the slow-mo that he does like this thing I can't remember what happens but he's like slow-mo fighting and mm-hmm. and he literally is like in slow-mo like falling over stretching yeah. and it was just so real you're like wow this man's freaking amazing um and there's so many objects and props on stage and like even there's this like a house that's in the center of the stage or a little bit to the cent- off center where it starts to unfold and it like all these things in it and like all the inanimate objects on stage become alive at some point and somehow they they just like they have this life in them and they're animated somehow um so the way he uses it too there's just a craziness um and then at the very end of the show um he comes out and he's like trapped to this contraption do you remember that mm-hmm. um and it's stuck to his back and then he's like flying around on the stage and you're like what the how is he doing that and then the lights come up and then you actually see kind of like the behind the scenes there's someone actually two men maneuvering this huge contraption and he's just soaring he's soaring through the space it looks like, like a ride flying. that yeah. you would play at the at the fair you know mm-hmm. you get strapped to it and they swing you around in every which direction yeah. upside down and yeah. right side up and then of course the um the puppets Mm-hmm. The amazing puppets, they're like life-size or maybe even real-size, mm-hmm. like an elephant. They had like bugs and there was like that, that ocean mm-hmm. thing. What is yeah, it as much as a, it's a one-man show, there, there are several, yeah, puppets is probably the right word to describe it. And, and just things that he interacts with. And yeah, it's kind of like this, this big like sucker fish yeah. who comes yeah. on stage every now and then. And, and it's just these sweet little interactions he has with the with 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 the objects and the mm-hmm. and the characters around him but the the puppets I, it's they're not even puppets there's definitely humans inside of them but they're just so like flawless in their movement and mm-hmm. and the the material they're made with it just they're so beautiful it's such a refined show it's really refined a lot of uh, there are a lot of moments it's kind of set up like a dream i i i compare mm-hmm. it to because it's not a logical there's no storyline to it i mean it's a man and and he's pretty consistent in his reaction to things, but uh, he he kind of he gets on a mission. He wants to m- turn this light on. He wants to hook this light in, and this is a mission that is all encompassing for for the next five ten minutes of the of the production. And things happen, but he always comes back to this goal, and then he reaches the goal, and he moves elsewhere. And and then there's this picture frame, and then there's this, mm-hmm. and there's little 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 goals, little plots, but it always kind of. Woof, Oof goes off and uh, and he finds a new goal and a new a new thing to interact with, and um, and so unexpected in that way, and that's also why it's so dreamlike. There was this one moment that really um, impressed me when he got uh, the violin out and he put the violin on the ground, and he's sitting there on his knees with his hands in front of him, and all of a sudden, like he's just in the right position to. St- he just knocks it with his knuckles, and he's like, he's a gorilla all of a sudden, oh, and it doesn't make any that. sense yeah, yeah, where yeah. that come from, yeah. came from. But that's that's to me what makes it like a dream, is that it's kind of this unexpected 
tangent yeah. all the time. It's unexpected, and sometimes there's not this logical following, but you don't really like you don't get mind. too lost into. Well, that didn't make sense. You kind of go with it, and you and he takes you into that next place. Um, yeah. And again, it's the skill of the physicality that yeah. he can really clearly show you what he's doing with his body and have you understand it. Uh, yeah, very talented. And the the amazing thing too is like you know when you go to a show, and as soon as it's finished and the audience acknowledges it. As soon as this show finishes, the whole room stood up, like, immediately in sync and was just awed, like, in awe and was just so, like, you know, taken away by it. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely an amazing experience. So if anyone out there who can see this show or any of his shows, um, yeah, or even um, Cirque Invisible, which is a, his, his mother's show with his, her mother, his mother's partner, it's been touring for the last 10 years and is constantly being refined. And you it's saw magic. that show. Yeah, I saw that show and that show blew me away. It was three hours and I felt like a child. I felt like a child and I was just like totally in awe and it was just magic from beginning to end. Um, so yeah, that, that was basically the show. And just an interesting note actually, um, the New York Times reviewed the show and they, they actually... Um, they didn't. Uh, they they ranked it as one of his not one of his greatest shows out of the four that he has, and so it was just interesting to see that. Um, but so yeah, there's, there's, I think his other shows. I think his other shows might have been more impressive. But for anyone who has never seen his work, it's definitely impressive. You know, humor, magic, physicality, all of that. It's just beautiful. The so run is finished, right? It's, it uh, is finished. Anymore. Yeah. Ah. But that's James Thierry. 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 I think so. <laughs> We're just making sure you got it because you got to remember to go see it. So thanks very much, Jen, and and myself. Yes, thank you, Alison. Uh, Good job, That Allison. was Raoul. Good job. Uh, <laughs> couple, Great. Couple more uh, I think, reviews. I think we can fit in another one. Yeah. Yeah, I am gonna review um, the emerging choreographer show at um, at Studio de Quebec from last week. It was on Thursday, September thirteenth. And uh, it was a collaboration between Cartier Dance and Tangente. And it was, it was a really interesting show. I'm really glad I got to see it, although I didn't, lo- I didn't love all of it. Um, there were five different pieces created by uh, Hélène Messier, Elisabeth Switch, Audrey Bergeron, um, the company Brickelinas, which, stars, uh, which has choreographers Nancy Rivet and Rosalie Famelard. And um, Tentacle Tribe, which actually you mentioned last week when you talked about them. Yes, they were also part of the Cartier Dance opening night showcase. So. That's right. And when you mentioned them, I, I didn't really connect the dots. But um, it's it's a company that is uh, formed with Emmanuel Lefant and Elon Hoagland, both uh, dancers for Rubber Band Dance. And so, you know, that, that there's something there that's quite, quite sure. a winning combination. Uh, I'll talk about the different pieces. Out of the five, I would say that I really got excited about 2.5 out of them. And the other, I, I felt that they could just have been a bit more developed or gone into more interesting directions. The first piece was by Hélène Messier, who's been producing quite a lot of uh, quality work recently. Oh, wait. Was she in Bouche DC a couple of years in a row? She was. She was actually <laughs> last year in a, in a great piece that uh, she uh, collaborated with uh, Manuel Schenk, mm-hmm. um, which actually was the first time I ever saw her do duet work at Bouche DC, and it was 
like incredibly fluid, very powerful. It was kind of a mash between uh, Butoh and clown work. Yeah, with like a, a very like powerful animal intensity to mm -hmm. it too. And um, she went back more to her Butoh roots for uh, this piece called Nebuleuse. And it, it was basically her crossing um, just the, there was a light, a spotlight in the form of a corridor. And she just walked slowly um, along that corridor. And there was another performer in the space that was pretty much hidden by darkness. And Ellen has this very powerful, intense uh, quality in, in the way she embodies her movement. And it was really present in that piece. And, you know, it was pretty much what I expected from her because, like, her work when it comes to Butoh is always, always really powerful. And there was a bit of, um, there, was, there was quite a bit of darkness in the thematic. There was almost like this uh, angel of death planning over the, the piece, which also had this beautiful intensity in, in it. Uh, the only thing that I would question about the piece was the use of the, the second dancer, which was barely used and sort of pulled me away sometimes from the, the, the work. But still, it was like, you know, just this visually powerful, intense, emotionally piece. And uh, it, it was definitely one of my favorite pieces of the night. The second piece was by Elizabeth Suich. Actually, no, sorry. The second piece was the Audrey Bergeron piece, uh, Sans Tête Ni Coeur. And this one was a duet very much in the tra traditional sense of a man, a woman, plenty of lifts, and, it, you know, very much falling into romantic cliches. And this one didn't do much for me. I mean, I think that the choreographer is talented and she did create beautiful movement. What but, was the style of the movement? Uh, it, it, like contemporary classical, or no? It was it it was contemporary. The floor work was actually really strong. I felt, um, but the lifts, like quite often, she would use more um, ballroom style movement mm. in the way that the performers moved around. Uh, it, it just it just fell into romantic cliches, as I said, and for me, that's I, I love duet work. That's probably my favorite thing to see in dance, and I just felt that. It, it became predictable. Like, they, they repeated the, the whole sequence maybe three times with varying intensity. And I, I just felt that, although the performers were really interesting, especially Alexandre Paranto and that was very, very powerful, but I just felt that it was uh, falling way too much into cliches. But I do think that she has a lot of potential, so I'm going to keep my eye out because I, I, I feel that she got the best out of her dancers. Actually, she was one of her dancers. <laughs> so it, the, the chemistry was good. Not exactly the strongest chemistry I've seen between like a man and a woman dancing together, but it was still pretty palpable. Uh, it, I just felt that it could have gone somewhere else. And the third piece of the night was by... Elizabeth Switch. It was called Une Contre Vérité, and she used two identical twins who were basically standing for, like, facing each other, sideways to the audience, and they were pretty much doing just like movements that you would be doing in front of your mirror, and like you know, brushing their hair, uh, putting on makeup, and they just repeated the same movements over and over again in perfect unison. So it was impressive to see. It's just that, and eventually one of them like loses the beat, and you sense this sort of fall into not not so much madness, but this this need to like get away from it and get away from her image. She's sort of 
revolting against their image when they were moving closer and closer to each other. And there was something interesting, but I just felt that too much of it was put on the gimmick of having two identical sisters. And there was some powerful subtext there of just, you know, like going against your own image and just trying to revolt against that and just trying to, you know, back away from it. But I, I just felt that she could have pushed it further. And that was, that, you know, I, I just felt that it was a missed opportunity because of all of the elements that were in the piece and she could have done more with it. But it was, you know, it how, was still... How do you think she could have done more with it? Like, um, it, ju- it was just a bit predictable. Oh, okay, like, okay. I, I just felt that I expected everything to happen, everything that happened to happen. And I felt that, you know, she could have taken the audience a bit more on a, on a ride than she did. Mm. Um, after that, the fourth piece was by Brickelinas. And this is the 0.5 of the 2.5 that I really liked. I loved, loved the first half of the piece. Mm. It was, the, the performers were fantastic. Uh, one of them was Rosalie Femlar, one of the two choreographers. And the other one was Jeanne Dubé, who actually came on board of the project like very recently. She, she only had a few weeks to learn the whole choreography to do it. And they were both uh, just like wonderful to see they they moved very slowly uh mostly doing floor work and getting into those breakdance positions but with a bit of a classical edge to it like you know rather than just having their feet flexed they had them pointed and they were wearing point shoes while doing it there oh, was something this sounds up my alley yeah no you would have loved it i actually think it was beautiful but it was also very moving there was just very controlled powerful movement but then midway through the piece, they got up and they started doing floor crossings, doing PKs. Hmm. And like in a dance class, like across yeah, the floor exactly. exercises? But, but more in a sort of jazz kind of way where they were trying to really explode their energy and show off. And it, it just, didn't like, work. the energy didn't feel right. It, it felt like suddenly they were asked to do something completely different and just show off their virtuosity. Which they were. They were, you know, really powerful dancers. And I just felt that all of the great momentum that had been slowly built during the first half was lost then. But it was still, you know, I still feel that they have a lot to say. I just don't know what they were trying to say with that second half. Hmm. Uh, And finally, Tentacle Tribe. Well, you know, I I first saw them perform together one of their creations during uh, the short and sweet that happened. In February, I think. I like that name. I know, right? It's great. It's really interesting. And it applies to them so much, right? Allison, after seeing them perform Tentacle Tribe, pretty good name. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And they have such a fantastic control of their body. Like Allison mentioned last week, they were doing popping and locking. Um, Since they they both dance for Victoria Quijada, you see a lot of his signature uh, on their bodies. But what I really loved about this performance is that they moved away so much from what they did in February. Because back then, it it felt like a choreography by Victor Quijada. Whereas now, you see a lot more of their signature coming mm-hmm. into play. And they're moving away from it, keeping some of the strongest elements from uh, rubber band dance, but finding their own so beat. So finding their own identity for themselves? Exactly. That's and good. it's it's a pretty interesting story because... They met while performing for Cirque du Soleil together. They fell in love. Then they danced for Rubber Band Dance. And now they're, they're doing a duet work together. 
and their the, the chemistry the the trust between them is just like mind-blowing you know they're doing a lot of lifts a lot of acrobatic movement but without ever losing the connection between them mm -hmm. very smooth in their in their interaction very smooth and i'm sure that the the piece they presented for the emerging choreographers night was the same as the one you saw i believe so so like just just this quality of movement and the musicality also is always so present and in in contemporary dance sometimes we lose this idea of musicality sometimes it becomes a bit of going against musicality but in their case it was very much about following the music and letting it emerge through the body something i um m noticed in in that work is that they used two pieces of music and the first was kind of very s simple and uh and the second had a lot more personality to mm -hmm. it and i really enjoyed the second more because i felt like there was more of a context for their performance because they they have mastered this performance but i was wondering okay now now what what are you saying with this what are you doing with this and they kind of created a bitter, bigger atmosphere using the second piece of music mm -hmm. would you agree with that yeah and in a way i feel that um th th this effect of like really appropriating the music is is heightened even more so because by that point they're connecting a lot more physically on stage too like the first half they're a lot more apart and then they come together and that's when the piece develops so much more and you see just you know much their movement combines and yet exists on its own i feel during the second half with the music and everything it just came together and glued itself so much <laughs> So that was the Emerging Artist Showcase for the Cartier Dance Festival. Thanks so much, JD, for that review. And we are done with Movement Museum today. Uh, CKUT 90.3 FM, movementmuseum.com, Twitter, iTunes, Facebook, all that good stuff. And we'll be talking at you at uh, 2 next week as well. Take care. <laughs>